Welcome back, welcome back, welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Stephen Talk Soccer Podcast. I'm back again with Julian. I just realized that his thing's not even connected yeah, to the system. Yeah, I was going to say, yo, I was going to stop you right there, bro. <laughs> like, I, I can't even hear. Let's get them properly yeah, tuned yeah, yeah. in, you know? Let me get Okay, now we're properly tuned I'm joined by none other than Julian himself, you know, uh, one of my favorite co-hosts to have on this podcast. Julian, introduce yourself as you always do. Back again, guys. Thanks for having me again. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. I'm really glad you're back on this episode. I think this this one's going to be a bit more interesting, or a bit more interesting. They're all interesting, and if you guys don't think so, you should go listen to them. Make sure to download. Make sure to follow. Make sure to, to subscribe. Do all those good things that you do whenever you listen to a podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this to. Um, make sure to tell me, yes, me, the host, how you feel about the podcast, and to share with everyone that you know. Without any further introduction, let's get straight into the episode content, which is going to be about Julian's top five and my top five players to look out for next season, whether they're already fairly well-known or, you know, they're kind of on the, the come up or the, the rise is one thing, but we're going to kind of specify on five players that we think, five players each, that we think are going to be standout players next season and are really going to, you know, take whatever league they're in by the storm or even the Champions League by storm as well. And, you know, Julian, since I'm such a gracious host, I will let you start off with your, uh, you can go whatever, whatever order you like, pick whoever you sure. want. But we have ten name, ten different names here, I think. Yes, and uh, you you pick the, your first pick for your okay. Most um, I'll, I'll start off with a very controversial one, and that player is Jack Grealish, Gucci Grealish. Um, he's he's in a he has a business contract with the Dominic Calvert-Lewin, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both models. Exactly, exactly. But funny enough, I I don't I think Grealish will abandon that path next year, and I do think he's going to have a brilliant season. Um, I think he was very disrespected this season. Uh, and I understand that, you know, there were moments in throughout the season where it almost seemed like he wasn't interested. And he does give off the impression of a person who just kind of goes with the flow and doesn't really have an idea of what's going on, but he's just there. You know, Pep mm-hmm. tells him, you're playing now. I said, okay, yeah, sure. Sure, Gaffer, I'll play now. Um, although, yes, he was on the bench a lot this season and he, he almost didn't feel like he wanted to not be on the bench. You know, he didn't give this desire to say like, hey, you know, I should be starting. Um, Jesse Lingard vibes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So what I think is next season, he's going to have a much more important role in this club. Yeah. Uh, or, or, yeah, in Manchester City. Mm-hmm. And um, I do think that now with the loss of Gabi Jesus and uh, Sterling and even potentially Bernardo Silva, I have been hearing some reports about Bernardo Silva linked to Barca. I'm not sure how, with how those what money. Well, how yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Kessie and Christensen yeah. and Aspilicueta and Alonso, you're going to mm-hmm. add Bernardo Silva. They want to get Rafinha from Leeds. They yeah. want Lewandowski from, from Bayern Munich. Yeah, they want a lot of. I think it's just a matter of how much they can put in practice. They can, you know, they can want as many players as they want, but we'll see um, who they can actually get. But, anyways. I think next year is definitely going to be starting more. Um, I know Alvarez is coming. I know Holland is coming, but there will be a bigger role for Grealish and he will show um, how good of a player he actually is. And we even see it right now. Whenever he plays for England, he's usually their most creative player. Um, and yeah, I just think there's so much, he has so much talent. And, you know, I, I know City sometimes are, are much more, are much a very fluid team and, uh, Grealish is someone who likes to hold on to the ball a little bit more, you know, 
wind spaces in in, uh, in important areas, but uh, oftentimes players don't have a uh, an initial se- uh, their first season is not great, and they end up exploding the next season. I think that will be good. Gundogan, Fernandinho, yeah. Rodri, yeah. Bernardo Silva, exactly. João Cancelo, the Even list Cancelo. goes on. Yeah. Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, so Grealish will will make sure that his price tag is uh, is fair. Is vindicated. Yeah, vindicated. You exactly. know, you gave a really good argument there. I want to find a, I want to pick a hole or to find something to say that. Oh, you know, Julian, you're waffling. You're talking nonsense. Mm-hmm. There's no way on earth that Grealish will be the player that we're expecting him to be next season because yeah. you know his head's in the, the Gucci money. But he's, you know, he's so over hated, man. Like what? I just feel like he's the English Neymar. But why? Because man, for me, he's the type of player who you have to respect because he gets disrespected and he just smiles. But you he know why? Though? You know why? It's because why? Why can't he people behaves handle that? bigger than he actually is? He hasn't proven anything in the world of football, but he acts like he has. But yeah, I guess he has this demeanor that kind of shows like I'm yeah, better than you. I guess, and in some ways he, he is because he's very yeah, talented. But he but doesn't talk shit. Them. He doesn't, you know. He gets so much hate, and he he doesn't, you know. Yeah, but you have to remember, man. His viewing in football now is going to be tarnished for the fact that he left Aston Villa to go to Manchester City and win mm-hmm, trophies. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, he contributed nothing to to winning them to winning that this season. True. I think he'll be better as you said. A second season syndrome in a good it's way. A real thing. It's a real thing at yeah. Manchester City. So yeah. I think there is a good chance he will be much more impactful than he was this season. But. I get on to my number five. We'll get back to Grealish. I think that's an interesting to talk to, uh, mm-hmm. to touch on once we finish this episode. But for mm-hmm. me, I'm gonna go with uh, a player that I talk about literally every single episode. You guys are probably tired of hearing me say his name, but I know Julian's gonna agree with this. Rafael Santos Borre. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, you have Darwin Nunez, you have Erling Haaland, you have Julian Alvarez. You know, all these strikers coming to the Premier League and just simply making a name for themselves recently. The next big South American striker to look out for, Rafael Santos Barre. You saw the penalty he took for Frankfurt against cool. Rangers and how he just, it was, definition of what, of what, freezer, freezer penalty, freezer penalty, bro. It's, as you said, you said this off air and it's so true. He took that like he was ready to miss. He was ready to sky that. He was ready to miss. The most important penalty of Frankfurt's mm-hmm. European history, yeah. arguably their club his club's history. Yeah. And he rasped mm-hmm. that in the back of that. No hesitation. no hesitation. Kyrie Irving, bro. No hesi. No hesi Kyrie Irving, yeah. bro. No hesitation. You know what I'm saying? And he ripped it into the back of the net casually. And for me, I mean, forget all the numbers and the stats. It's clear Barre is going to be big next season. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, all his... Um, Goal contribution that he had this year for for Frankfurt. Tell you that, especially towards the end of the season, where you could see that he really started to take it upon himself to be the main guy for Frankfurt, scoring the goal in in the final and then scoring the winning penalty. It's just an example of what he continued to do continuously throughout the season for Frankfurt. And I think he'll probably get one more year at Frankfurt next season, and Mm -hmm. that will probably be what really puts him on the map. And then a big team will have to snap him up. And it's the way he scores goals, too. He just has this, this South American quality to him where. You know, he just gets the goal at, by any means necessary. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Does he not remind you of the other great uh, South American strikers of the past? Aguero. Suarez, yeah, Cavani, Suarez. you know, Diego Forlan. Even now, like Lautaro. The yeah, Lautaro Martinez yeah. nowadays. You yeah. know, the new era of, of uh, mm-hmm. South American striker. You know, even Julian Alvarez mm-hmm. of his own type. Obviously, yeah. Alvarez is similar age, but also a very good player. And you can see this new, this typical build of a South American. Very, very... Low center of gravity, but extremely durable on the ball. Like, very mm-hmm. difficult to dispossess. They can score from nearly anywhere on the field. Very MVP to players that have a lot of 
variety to their game, not very predictable. And I feel like he's going to have another big year again next season. You get on to your next player now, Julian, in the list of your top five. So this one's a La Liga player, uh, the Champions League winners, uh, the prince of the Champions League. Yes, sir. You have to dub him that. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. The prince. um, I think he's going to have a big season next year. Um, he's shown so many times this season how clutch he is. Um, but that clutch factor is just uh, a testament to his quality. He's not going to be... Next year, he's not just going to be that guy who comes off the bench. Nope. I think he's going to play you know, week in, week out. He's going he's gonna to score, um, especially with the Mbappe deal not going through, yeah. as, as we know. Mm. Um, now that gives you know even more... Um, Onus and opportunity. Yeah, it gives opportunity. And funny enough, I heard some Madrid fans even say this, said, you know what? We can be mad about Mbappe, but we can also say this just gives Rodrigo more chance. Exactly. And he deserves that chance. He absolutely deserves He's that chance. He's been brilliant. He scores goals when he plays. Mm-hmm. And as a player who's young and in his position, they often lose confidence because mm-hmm. they're not playing enough or anywhere near as and he was as patient. they'd like to. Yeah. And he realized, just like Kamavinka, who is a bit of a spoiler, but he's also in my mm-hmm. list. Just shows you that, you know, the way, the way, the way Madrid bet in their youngsters is, is in such a fashionable and, and, uh, effective way where mm-hmm. when they do play, they do make a difference and they're not, you know, I guess broken or devastated by not playing regularly the way they would if they were to go on loan somewhere or be in a different club. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the way he's been able to accept his role as a youngster in this team and still be useful when he does play is only going to improve him for next season when he does get 100%. a lot more minutes, as you mentioned. 100%. Yeah, you've, sp- you've spoken everything. I, I think uh, I think he's going to have a big season. Yeah, I think so. If he doesn't, I, w- I will truly be shocked. Yeah. That's two for two from you, in my opinion. Yeah. You guys can let me know what you, what you think about Julian's top five. But so far, I think he's not missing. Maybe you guys thought I missed with Beret, but just like with Bruno Guimaraes, as we mentioned in our Rescuing Leon episode, which Street you guys, by the way, should go listen to, because I always go back to this. That episode, literally, we spoke everything mm-hmm. about Leon <laughs> and everything about Bruno that happened for them in, bo- in both yep. their respective seasons. So that's definitely why I think it's a, a hit for the, uh, for the Steven Talk Soccer podcast. But let me go on to my number two, which is Ryan Grabenberg. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know you guys are probably saying, oh, he's a bit obvious. He's a bit obvious. Obviously. I don't think much of you guys. Do you think anybody really watches the, uh, the Eredivisie or to watch, uh, you know, I don't know, what's that called? The, the KNVB Cup yeah. against, uh, what's the name? Um, PSV. Yeah, PSV Eindhoven. Thank you. I mean, see, I didn't even know the name. Look, look yeah. at me struggling to figure out the other big team in the in the in the net in the, in the Netherlands. So nah, no one really watches that. That's I what mean, I'm saying. We did see Gravenberg in the Champions League, though. He was very good. He was excellent, man. Yeah. Yeah. He reminds me. Of, you know, he reminds me of. He reminds me of Paul Abiel. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of. Uh, let me give you another example. He has a bit of. Um, I wouldn't say Luka Modric in this to him, but just an ability to be. More than just a typical lanky midfielder. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those kind of players at that height, they're very, very limited in yes. their game. Like they're very good at winning the ball back or, you know, getting those tackles that are kind of like, cool. exactly. You, you, they just use the legs to get, to get the ball. But yeah. beyond that, their skill set doesn't really go big much, much more than that. For me, Grabenberg has ability that I think will transcend the position of a midfielder going yeah. forward. I think he gives you the real modern midfielder where he brings mm-hmm. you size, physicality, skill, goal scoring, mm-hmm. vision, all the things you need in a midfielder. And again, that's typical Ajax. We spoke about that with Frankie de Jong, and you've seen that with uh, other midfielders they've had. Mm-hmm. Even what's the name? Um, Lasse Shona in that one season. I know Van Shona's, de Beek is also, also falling off. Don, Donne, yeah. Donne van de Bench. Yeah. Team viewer, Donne. Uh, Same thing, you know, yeah. he freezes time like, just these kind of abilities that you see from Ajax midfielders. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think Gravenberg will be that guy at Bayern. I mean, let's be honest, Bayern Munich are going to make any player who's 
good, really good. Exactly. But he naturally is a gifted footballer. And I remember seeing him for Ajax this season and last season and in the Champions League, as you mentioned, and thinking this guy has a really bright future ahead of him. Yeah, and I think uh, this is all very much uh, dependent as well on uh, how much game time he gets. Because we do know right now that they, they still have Kimmich, they still have Goretzka, and even Musiala is now, you know, suddenly, not suddenly, he's been playing this position for a few months now, but... He's like a CM now. I, Nagelsmann tends to kind of put him in the middle. It's kind of sometimes. weird how he uses his midfielders. Yeah. Even the system that he plays. Even, I don't yeah. really know how that works for him or how that's going to work for uh, for Gravenberg mm-hmm. going into that team with Goretzka, as you said, with Kimmich, who yeah. wants to play in that position. I know, I know they got rid of Toliso, but they're going to bring in a, a, probably mm-hmm. another midfielder as well to kind of bolster that position. Yeah. But I expect him to play a bit more. He should because he's right. that good. Yeah, he's a I player agree. that you could think you could play and rely on him week in, week out, and he's going to deliver for mm-hmm. you, you know? Absolutely. And I expect a lot from him going forward next season. Let's get on to your third pick now, Julian, which is a player that I think is a bit too obvious for this mm-hmm. list, mm-hmm. but you don't seem to care. Do what you want. Just speak gotta, your mind. I got to give him respect. Christopher Nkunku. Christopher Nkunku, ladies and gentlemen. He's had, and once again, the reason why it's obvious is because he's had... Among all the players this season, he's had like one of the best seasons. You know, goals assists. in world football, not just in the Bundesliga. Oh, not yeah. no world football. Yeah, we yeah, still, yeah, hold on, hold on. Let's rewind. We need to apply some Bund attacks on this, though. Agreed, but once again, for me, actually, my um, my views on Nkunku are coming from his performances in Europe. Bundesliga has been brilliant. He's been he's tearing it up. That's Patrick, fine. Every game, he's but he scored like six goals a game. The goals he scored. In the Champions League group stage with uh, against City. Mm-hmm. And also in the... Patrick against City, by the way, yeah. at the Etihad yeah. Stadium. Don't forget that. Yeah, that's... that's Patrick no one at does the Etihad. That. No one does that. That shows, you know, his quality. And he was very good in that game as well. He was. And in the Europa League, you know, he was very good for Leipzig. Like, the, the way he scored goals... And he's just so versatile. Like, a lot of players, okay, fine. Bundesliga tags. Yes, you have more space. Yes, you can say it's easier to score goals. But when Nkunku plays, he does so much more than just score goals. 33 goal contributions in 34 Mm -hmm. matches in the Bundesliga this season. Yeah. And you might say, does that remind you of someone? Werner? Timo! Turbo Timo! But Werner... Once again, maybe this is hindsight bias, but Werner never had the ability Nkunku had. Like, in, in the Bundesliga, Werner would score goals, yes, but he's, he can't do what Nkunku does. Getting the ball, moving it forward, playing the pass. You know what I mean? So Nkunku is one yeah. of the most versatile players I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Center mid, yeah. CDM, center attacking mid, mm-hmm. striker, CF, yeah. left wing, right wing back, right wing. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's he never makes mistakes, I find. He's that player. You know, he always makes the right decision. Yeah, and there's a there's a small few players that, especially at his age, that are capable of being that professional and mm-hmm. consistent with their gameplay week in, week out. Agreed. And I have to agree with you that I thought if Leipzig could defend a bit better, they probably yeah. would have been the team to win. Or maybe, then who knows, if they beat Frankfurt in the final. Mm-hmm. But they would have been in the final against Frankfurt as yeah. opposed to losing against Rangers, as yeah. you mentioned. It was an upset, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Especially given the quality of the players they have been, like mm-hmm. Forsberg, you know, you look at the likes yeah. of, um, what's his name? 
of Andre Silva, Andre a very Silva, good player, uh, and Helena, Sabosla, yeah. these are good guys. These are, they're young and they're up and coming, but they have a lot of ability. And that coach, Domenico Tedesco, a player, a coach I, I rate highly, yeah. has gotten the best out of Nkunku. I mean, Agreed. he still would have done this either way, but he's yeah. been really, really good this season. Agreed. So I think he's going to have a big season next year. I don't know if it will be at Leipzig, but I think he's a player who's on the rise and he will... If he makes a move, it's going to be a big move. Like yeah, a and whatever club he goes to, he's going to improve them because he can play anywhere. So they yeah. they just ask him, play here for us, and he'll give you the same or similar output yeah. in that position the way he was at Leipzig yep. this season. Exactly. I agree with that. Now on to my third pick. Now, this is going to be kind of boring, so please bear with me. I need to come on. Team. Why are you talking about this guy? This is so boring. I'm sorry, but I just have to mention him. Minimal, minimal game time this season for, again, Los Blancos. But his name is Eduardo Camavinga. Yeah. Nothing short of exceptional. You know, I watched I watched back some of the highlights of the, the uh, Madrid Champions League, Champions League run to the final. And every game when Madrid was suffering, which is literally every single time, basically, he would come off off the bench and make an instant impact on the shape of and the in the the dynamic of the game immediately against Chelsea he did it against PSG he did it mm-hmm. weird order but you got the idea against Manchester City he did it continuously come onto the midfield give them energy give them that defensive solidity he wins back those balls like those in those really random areas mm-hmm. knits up the play very very well he's brilliant in transition his distribution is excellent he he's an extremely intelligent defender mm-hmm. or defensive midfielder type of player like I think I really, I honestly, I'm truly blown away. Yeah. For me, he's in the Pedri category of midfielders, given yeah. how skillful he is at his his game. He can score goals too. He has it in him. He's not just a you know, let me win the ball back. He can actually get in the box, and you know, if it get, if it gets to him, he'll, he'll, there's a good chance he'll score. Exactly. You know? I don't know. If that's a bit too much to say. Oh, of course, Camavinga, bro. We had such a great season. We know mm-hmm. how good he is. But let's be honest. He barely played for. Barely played. He barely played. He yeah. literally he barely played for uh, for Real Madrid this season. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that. This signing was one they'd make, obviously, for the future, but they wouldn't use them at all. Mm. Either they use them a lot, like he was going to start every game instead of Tony Cruz, for example, yeah. who's slowly dropping off. Yeah. Or he'd simply be a peripheral, you know, rot- rotational player mm-hmm. and come on, come in here and there. And he did. But I just feel like the impact that he made when he came on, you could just see how much... Ancelotti would call him with his one eyebrow up. He'd call him over and be like, yo, Camavinga, come here, I need you. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Camavinga's like, okay, 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 uh, you know, pedestrians. I'm Jesus. I'm coming here to rescue the, the, you know, the masses. And all of a sudden, Madrid would just change their game yeah. completely. Absolutely. You know, and obviously the game is won and lost in the midfield. And for me, a player like him wins you the midfield battle yeah. almost 95% of the, of the time. High energy player. He really is. And uh, we'll see how he fits with uh, Chouamani. I was going to mention that. And of course, he's going to be combined with another player we could have put in this list. But I think that's way too obvious. Because mm-hmm. we've heard his name literally for the last four years yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Chelsea. You know, uh, Manchester United. Uh, you know, PSG. maybe a PSG. Like Real Madrid and Juventus. Whatever. Yeah. And obviously, Chouamani, who's been brilliant for Monaco yeah. this season as well. But I'm really looking forward to seeing this uh, Pedri Gavi um, Chouameni and Kamavinga combination. You know, I think it's going to really change the way not only the El Clasicos will be because we're going to mm-hmm. have real midfield battles once and for all, 100%. but just simply the the quality of player here. Because mm-hmm. for a long time, of course, we've been relying on Busquets and you know Iniesta, Xavi. You guys are excellent in Modric and Casemiro and Cruz, but they're getting on now. Yeah. You know, and you look at the new age and new crop of players with the Kamavingas, with the Chouamenis, and I'm expecting to see a really big shift in just the quality of the team overall when they come in. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think you said everything. Uh, yeah, he's one to look out for, and uh, next year for sure he will get more game time than this year. So, yeah, definitely. Kind of 
when we come back, we will be covering the last two positions of our top 10 list. You guys let me know what you think so far. I think it's been very, very good. But when we return, we'll be talking about two other players in our list, which are, again, from uh, very interesting leagues and places that nobody would expect. So keep your eyes and ears peeled. Because I'm telling you guys, these players will actually be big. I know you say, are you sure? No, 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 no. The eye test merchants that Julian and I are, <laughs> accurate eye test merchants, I promise. And now, back to the list that we were doing, the top five players that are going to have an explosive season next season. Julian, I'll let you start off with your with your number four pick in your list. Sure. So this one is a Serie A guy um, from the champions, the current champions of the Serie A. Vamos! Pierre Kalulu. And that, that one for sure is, is a name that a lot of people might say, mm, I'm not sure, haven't seen much of him, haven't heard much of him. He's definitely been underrated this year um i think a lot of milan's glory goes to you know ibra you know the leader and rafael leao yes, 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 yes. yeah and that's man. fair they you know milan had a lot of good players this year but i think kalulu another thing was he wasn't getting a lot of game time in the beginning of the season but in the second half of the season He's just so solid like he can play on the he can play right back he can play in the middle you know center back and yeah. Oh, is it? Is he left or right no, back? Both, both. He plays both, yeah. right? Yeah, I've seen him. Continue. Both. You're you're talking yeah, yeah, talking yeah. facts, bro. You don't know um, that. And just he's he's the type of player who's so you know so physical and so um, dominant, but also good on the ball. You know what I mean? And that's that's Extremely like a perfect kind of defender. Extremely you know? athletic, and they yeah. have two. They have him and Tomori. That combination yeah. is. Yeah. You you have some of the most athletic footballers mm-hmm. in any position mm-hmm. playing next to each other in the same defense. Like when I watch Kalulu, well, I butchered his name, Kalulu. <laughs> Kalulu I wish yeah. I cut that out. When I watch Kalulu, I see him and I say to myself, like this guy is a special like footballer in terms of you know athletic ability. Forget mm-hmm. natural footballing yeah, ability, yeah, yeah. passing and, and defending or whatever. He's really, really, really mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. extremely quick, extremely yeah. you know versatile, very durable. As I said, extremely difficult to dispossess yeah. even in defense. I think he's a very good player, and he had to replace um, Romagnoli, who's also uh, yeah. he's a Milan captain. Mm-hmm, when, obviously, mm-hmm. when uh, before Cal- I got getting in- getting injured and giving the captaincy over to Calabria, uh-huh. and then also Simon Kier, which is the Danish legend as well. You could say, and I think he is obviously for what he did, yeah. Ericsson, But yeah. also two centre backs that are st- stalwarts, like mainstays in that mm-hmm. uh, Milan defence. Kalulu comes in to replace them, and I think he has been nothing short of brilliant. brilliant. Every game, clean sheet, clean sheet. <laughs> My guy's like a like a maid at a at a mansion. He's just always you. cleaning up the crib. He's like, bro, I'm telling you, the guy's like. He's the next. He's the next big defender. Hundred percent. This guy is gonna be something. Like Milan have such a good player right now. And Kalulu was nobody two years ago. He was. I think. Where was he playing? He was playing in France. I don't know. But in a low level, mm-hmm. Milan unheard of. Yeah, hidden gem from, uh, from hidden Uber gem. Eats or yeah. Uber Eats Der all the way up to the uh, Serie A. But Milan to yeah. win the with the Scudetto this yeah. season for Milan in the first time in forever. And still, no one's talking about him. No, even even though we know Milan won mm-hmm. the league, everyone's saying, "Yeah, Milan, we like Milan. They won. Good for them. Good players." No one talks about Kalulu. Never. Can you know why? In football, we always talk about this off air. But yeah. offensive players are way more highlighted. Way more. They're way more catered to and and um, what's the word? They're just they're more enough, yeah. exactly. They just stand popular. out more, and they're more popular. Yeah. They're more likable because people can you know resonate with them yeah. more because they play in those positions. Yeah, but, but then you look at the defensive side of the game; they never want to talk true. about that. You know, but I'll tell you what: I think Kalulu is going to be 
a much bigger name next year. I think we're one year early. Yeah. I really do. Like, next year, people are going to be like, oh my God, this guy's crazy. He's, He's super crazy. good. He's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it normally takes a defender to win something first before you give them any yeah. credit. An attacker, they don't have to win anything. Mm-hmm. For example, Grealish at Aston Villa mm-hmm. wasn't winning any trophies, yeah. but we saw how good he was mm-hmm. in saying this guy could be the next big thing exactly. prior to picking up a trophy, you know? But yeah, you won't true. say the same thing about Tyrone Mings until he wins a World mm-hmm. Cup with England mm-hmm. in 2022. Even Consa, who's you actually know? pretty good, but, you know, still, I mean, he's been injured this season, but, you know. Same idea. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So anyway, we're going on about Kalulu now, but he really, yeah, really yeah. is a great player. Very I agree. He that was a really good pick. Yeah. That was came out of nowhere. And I, I I strongly agree. On to his another centre back, another French centre back mm-hmm. does not play in the Serie A. Plays in the Uber Eats League. Plays for Olympique de Marseille. Absolute quality. Yeah. Qual- when I tell you, for me, this is probably the best defender I've seen in Europe this year. No mm-hmm. exaggeration. This is an outrage. Every time I watch him play in the Champions League, in Europe, whatever company, in the Conference League, whatever league that, that Marseille were playing in Europe, he was nothing short of sensational. I think this guy truly, truly is a great defender. And the fact that Arsenal sent him out on loan, his name is <laughs> William Saliba, by the way. The fact that they sent out William Saliba on loan and potentially may be gone forever mm-hmm. is fraudulence at the highest, highest of levels in football. Truly. I mean, now he's saying maybe he, there's a place for him at Arsenal. No, yeah. man. You don't, but you better, and don't, 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 don't do that. Don't do that, bro. <laughs> It's not. It's not Arsenal, Bro. Thomas Partey, and William Saliba. It's just Arsenal and Thomas Partey. Yeah, Arsenal and Thomas Partey. No, William it. Saliba in that, in that list. Bro, we just say it's Arsenal it's and William Saliba. No, we don't say that. And no, Thomas no, no, Partey. No, no, no. Bro. We don't say William Saliba. <laughs> yeah, bro. I, I want him to stay in Marseille. I want him please, to stay in Marseille. Please, please. At least for this year. Yeah, yeah, man. And just like you mentioned about Kalulu, again, for me, I just think he's so so. Like for me, defenders, a big part of defending in the modern game is being able to read the runs of the attackers that are you're defending against, and also. The flight of balls and the flight of where the ball will land. And Saliba, even when he gets it wrong, which tells you how good he is, his recovery pace, exceptional. His ability to get tackles at the last stitch. Those last stitch tackles which normally lead to red cards and mm-hmm. sending off. So, uh, same thing, but, you know, stupid bookings and ruining the momentum of the game. He never, like for me, the tackles are always perfectly timed. It's always a... It's like a nav, you know, if you guys know that nav album, Perfect Timing, that's literally William Saliba, Perfect Timing Tackle. Mm-hmm. I forget who's against, I think it was PSG again, which shows you just, you know, how yeah, significant it is. And he destroyed them. Yeah. They were trying to beat Saliba on the back line, he was kept locking them on over and over and over. Mbappe who, Neymar who, Messi mm-hmm. who, Saliba was killing them defensively. Yeah. And I said, this guy is a great player, man. Truly, really, a really good player. And one that needs to be looked out for next season, for sure. Absolutely. On to your last player now, Julian. Player you talk about all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah, say that all the time. No, literally all the time. We yeah. talk about midfielders. This is the first guy you bring up every single time. I Plays think... in Uber Eats as well. Yeah. Say his name, man. So, so Kefren Turam. Um, an Uber Eats league. So Liga um, Nice. Plays for Nice. Um, and honestly, I have to say... This year was the year that I really started getting into Liga and watching it more, you know, understanding it a bit more. It's still Uber Eats League, you know, I'm not going to say it's the best league in the world now. Were you ordering <laughs> some food while you're watching the game? Oh, yeah, of course, but you got to do that. Yeah, okay, good. Um, Sponsor the league. <laughs> yeah, so I've been watching, you know, or I was watching a lot of, most. I have to say, mostly like top six or seven in, in Liga, Nice, Marseille, uh, Monaco, nice. who, who came up. Uh, yeah, so PSG. I think... Turam is is very 
athletic. Um, he has, um, he's very good at uh, winning the ball back. He's very good at uh, moving forward. He's, he's quite uh, an explosive runner. Like he's good at moving with the ball forward. Um, a good ball carrier, if you will. Um, he's very good in tight spaces as well. He's yes. Talk, he's talking about his ability to kind of evade those, yeah. those very congested areas in the yeah. midfield. He beats opposition midfielders with ease. Yeah, and he's just strong. Like he's six foot four, right? Like when you're six foot four in the midfield and you're fast like that. It's I know he's still kind of lanky, but still, like he's no, strong. He's a bit raw, which you'd expect yeah. given his age and his lack of experience, mm-hmm. if you will. But his overall game yeah. would only tell you his trajectory is extremely, extremely high. For sure. And you'd say he's the better of the, the two the brothers, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, for you sure. You know, him and uh, Marquez Durham. Yeah, I think he's he's got more talent, this one. Kefren has more talent. But, um, yeah, I just think the guy, uh, he impressed me. Every time I watched Nice, uh, he was very impressive. Uh, nice had a great season this year with uh, with Galtier. Uh, they they were just short of top four. They were they were actually top four for the majority of the season. Last four or five games. They fell off. Uh, they, it was Monaco who ended up like really, really um, pushing on many and, and, and those guys. Yeah, yeah. Monaco have a better team than Nice. But um, yeah, I just think uh, he's, he's a, another underrated pick. Uh, not many people maybe know of him or at least if they know of him, they're not sure of his ability. Yeah. And this is why I say, you know, it's a bold pick. I think he's going to have a great season. So if I, you know, if I get that right, I get it right. But I think... Um, yeah, he's gonna have a. He's gonna be on the rise in the, in the next year or so. Yeah, and I think a big thing that we're forgetting is that when you predict a player to be good in the future, it's not. It's not an empty suggestion. You know, a lot of times you pick players because of the hype or because of mm-hmm, the amount exactly. of links they have in the exactly. transfer market. I haven't even heard anybody look at Turam this summer. Mm-hmm. I've heard of nobody linked with Kalulu or even in Kunku. Really. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kunku, yes, but oh, yeah. Leipzig have priced them out to the max almost. Million. Exactly. <laughs> Rodrigo's yeah. not going anywhere. Gucci Grealish is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys will be at the club that they played at last season in the next season. Mm-hmm. And that continuation, that consistency, typically allows them to improve at a much more significant level. Unless the, the next club that they go to, they fit in seamlessly, which is rare. That a player goes to a new club and they instantly become the big guy right away. You mm-hmm. know, unless his name is Erling Braut Holland, which mm-hmm. he might do that at City, where he's, you know, scored four yeah, goals will, in his first goal, will, first game uh, for Dortmund. And, um, the same thing will probably happen with the City against, against West Ham. But the point is with Taram here, you can just see that the fact that the fact he's going to have that ability to play again in the same mm-hmm. environment, same team, it only, only spells to you that he's going to continue to on the same level of success that he's been on yep. and probably will be looked to be snapped up in the following summer. Cause exactly. this position is so, widely and and keenly needed by most teams in Europe and he's definitely can he can definitely fit the void for most teams, especially if you missed out on a Chua Many, which most teams did obviously mm-hmm. because nobody expected Madrid to get Chua Many when they did, but it yeah. happened. Even and now Durham, Bisuma. Exactly. And again yeah. he's also gone as well. And you're looking mm-hmm. for that DM to fit that void to mm-hmm. fill that void. And I feel like Turan would be yeah. a good player there. Now on to the final guy of the list, and we have some honorable mentions that we might just further on. I'm mean, still talking about Grealish really quickly as well. I think the Grealish conversation is interesting. Mm-hmm. But for me, my final one also plays in Ligue 1. Uber Eats again. Plays for Bordeaux, and he's going to be back at Milan, AC Milan. He's on loan at uh, Bordeaux this season. But, um, but, uh, <laughs> Yasin Adli is his name. Mm-hmm. Absolute baller of a player. I think he's truly, truly, uh, a special talent and one that we will be seeing in the future for sure. He's very, very, very young and you can just mm-hmm. see his, this the natural, for me, when I watch players, I look and say to myself, can you make the simple pass? And then now, now that you made the simple pass, can you make the intelligent pass? Mm-hmm. And he does both and he knows when to make both. 
normally players they do one or the other a bit too much as you talk about De Bruyne but De Bruyne is a special level right. obviously but the high risk high reward that you always yeah. talk about he's mastered that in my opinion at 21 years of old mm-hmm. years of age where he knows now not this pass let's keep it easy let's keep possession mm-hmm. as opposed to now we play no, the killer pass exactly. and then we look to beat the team that way you know yeah. and a lot of players that play in the midfield as a 10 they often make that mistake of Trying to be a, do a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Example, Emil Smith throw at Arsenal. Some player I think is really, really good. Uh-huh. But I feel like his game, I mean, he still needs experience. He's obviously, he's very young. Yeah. But I watch him and I say to myself, he just needs to realize when to make the correct mm-hmm. pass at that moment. Right. If he p- discovers, okay, now you keep it, you play it to the wing back or to the full back, and it's, or now you play the through pass. As long as you know those fine details, then you'll start to see the real quality of the player. And I, we, we watch, I mean, I wasn't watching Adley week in, week out, but I did watch him enough to know that this guy's decision-making for me at this age is mm-hmm. really, really something special. And if you guys haven't watched him, he's a player you should definitely keep an eye on. I think yeah. he's going to be great at Milan in this area next season. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. I mean, I think it's a bargain, man. Oh, are you going to say a bargain? Yeah, he's. I think he's going to be. A, yeah. he's a he's a bargain for for Milan. They signed him for basically nothing, and he's going to be a big player in the future. What are you gonna I was say? just going to say, like you forgot to mention how good he was against PSG in the league. That's a big indicator, the, I find. For a team like Bordeaux, who yeah. literally finished, where did Bordeaux finish this season? They were shocking this 17. year. I know they were. I know Bordeaux were terrible. They were. They were outside of the top. They oh, finished what? in twentieth in the in, in 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 Uber Eats league. Oh, so okay, okay, so Saint Etienne went to the relegation playoff. But Bordeaux actually got 20th. Okay. Clermont Foot survived. I thought they got relegated. I thought Clermont Foot got yeah, relegated. Yeah, look at you with your non-ball knowledge. Wow. You don't know about your league. You don't watch the Uber Eats bottom half for real. You're definitely wow. watching Uber Eats bottom half. So, yeah, I guess I remember Saint-Étienne Bordeaux was like one of the last games of the season. It was very important for both teams. Yeah. Um, I guess Saint-Étienne got the better result. They yeah. did. Because look how close that was, by the way. You don't, you don't often see it's that. Like, almost know, identical in terms of yeah, goal difference yeah. and points. Points are the same, yeah. obviously, and losses and, and wins, losses, and draws all the same, yeah. which is pretty scary. Um, but just, just back to the main main point about Adley. Like, again, playing in a team with such a terrible record. You know, they conceded mm. 91 That's, goals. You know, Bordeaux. 91. They, that relegation is a big thing for a club like that. That's maybe a top five team in history of France. Yes, of, it's like an Everton-esque type of thing in Yeah, Italy. they should not be getting relegated. Like, not that's, at that's all. But bad. it's difficult because a lot of a lot of change around. A lot of, look at Clermont Foot. Look at uh, yeah. RC Lens. Like, mm-hmm, they're not mm-hmm. a team like, typically in Ligue 1, but nowadays they're starting to reach Strasbourg, for example. You know, they're... Reaching into that category. Yeah. Trois, they're also in the, in the, in the league. Angers, mm-hmm. like these are not typical teams yeah. that you'd see in Ligue 1. But I just thought that for me, Adley, again, in a terrible Bordeaux team, really, really stood out. I thought he was, again, a stand up player in the, the Ligue 1 this season. And his ability to wait a, wait a pass, or sorry, his ability to play a pass with the correct waiting mm-hmm. and, and measurement is always spot on. So keep an eye out for him as well. Uh, now, just really quickly, onto the Grealish discussion, because mm-hmm. you were saying to me earlier how you think this will next season will be Grealish's season, and yeah, I have some uh, some um, some questions, I guess, mm-hmm. or I have like a, a a different opinion. I don't think he's not going to be good next season, mm-hmm. but I don't fully know if Grealish is meant for a Guardiola system, a modern Guardiola system, that is. Mm-hmm. Because, and I say that because think of if Hazard played at Manchester City underneath Guardiola, I don't think that would have worked. In my opinion. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And it's a very valid point that a lot of people are saying. Um, just the nature of the way of how Grealish wants to play is he wants to just kind of roam and carry the ball wherever he can. 
Um, You're asking him to abandon what he's his bread and his butter. Nature. Exactly. Yeah, he and likes with, the ball. That with England, you can see he's able to do that. South South yeah. gives him that freedom, but with, mm-hmm. with uh, Manchester City, he's a bit more. He needs to pass more. Yeah, he's you know, a he bit needs more. To also, first. be smart in the way he moves. Like in City, you have to just know you have to play with your space. You have to play the space better. Yeah, Grealish. His intelligence is not the greatest when it comes to playing. Just because he's so technical, he can just get the ball and move with it, and he's good. I mean, he gets fouled a lot, but still, um, with City, the players are so much more in tune with you know where they need to be and, and the system, yeah, right? and following like a thematic plan, like mm-hmm. a strategic you know organized structure that yeah. gets them to go score and score goals that they do so consistently. That's why they're so dominant, exactly. Especially because a lot of teams can't crack that code exactly. and they just they crumble because of it. But someone like Grealish, you're right. But I do think he can. Adapt. I, I do think it's in him to adapt. Did you see? He's so talented. So I think it's a shame for him to not perform, or at least not be important for the team. Fair enough. My final point on this, I, and let me let me know what your thoughts on this are, Julian. Are you willing to sacrifice the fact that he won't be the Grealish that you loved and remembered at Aston Villa if he is to be good at Manchester City? Because it's going to be one or the other. Either Absolutely. you see Aston Villa Grealish at City, which mm-hmm. is a bit less in tune with the rest of the team, yeah. or you see a new version of Jack Grealish where mm-hmm. he's playing very well, but that's mm-hmm. not really the Grealish that we have come to love and appreciate mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, admire for his abilities. I think, I think new version would be fine because you have to adapt as a player and it's also a testament to your ability when, when you can adapt. And also just, yeah, I think he, he has it in him. And once again, we kind of saw a bit of a better version of Grealish towards the end of last season. Mm. In the league a little bit, in the Champions League when he came on, you know, he was, he was, he was causing a lot of trouble for, for Madrid in that, in that return leg. But still, you know, yeah, he he will have to adapt a little bit, and that's I don't think that's a it's okay to make that sacrifice. But is he is he even gonna start? I, I don't even know if he's gonna start next season. Ah, uh, yeah, he well, it be depends. Starting. I mean, does Alvarez play with Haaland? No, no, no. Okay, well, it's then, gonna be Foden, right. Haaland, and um, Riyad Mahrez, and that is ah, the yes, there's always Mahrez in the mix as well, or Bernardo Silva on the right. But Bernardo's playing more of in the in the middle three, though. True, true. Yeah. But if they sign now with Gundogan, you know, maybe exactly. Um, but if they sign yeah, Calvin Phillips, I'm expecting them to push Bernardo Silva. Yeah, I don't know about they have an extra body. We'll see if they get Calvin Phillips. We'll see. It really depends. Yeah. But I just personally, I'd be shocked if Grealish is to start week in, week out. I mm-hmm. will be because there's so much rotation that happens at Manchester City. Mm-hmm. It's such a known thing with Alvarez coming into. They don't want to really yeah. throw in different players in the mix. They don't they don't give you that guarantee you're going to play as a left winger week in, week out the way you would at like a you know a Spurs of your son. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to play every single yeah. game if you're fit, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, Grealish team. is that good. I think he can become better, even better than Son. You guys mm-hmm. heard him. I think he can become even better than him and Son. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that he'll get the same opportunity and, cons- and the consistency that you get yeah. at a different club, you know? That's 100 but I agree with you. I think yeah. he will definitely improve. But mm-hmm. how much we'll see, depending on exactly. how much Guardiola plays him. You know? Exactly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of the Stephen Talk Soccer Podcast. Please, as always, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to download. Make sure to follow on whatever platform you listen to your podcast on. Make sure to leave a rating. Do all of that good stuff. Make sure to tell me how you feel about the podcast, things you, you love, things you want me to improve upon, all of the above. I'm always open for criticism and for suggestions. And make sure to share with everyone that you know. I have been Stephen, your favorite host, Julian. Thank you. Thank you as always for coming back onto the podcast. It is massively appreciated. Happy Father's Day, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, as well. And uh, I'm saying this. This is going to come out on a Monday, but you get the point. And uh, and um, as always, welcome to the SCS squad. Please come and pick up a what, Julian? What must, what must they come and pick up? Jersey. Yes, sir. We'll be back again very soon. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Are you enjoying the content? Please be sure to leave a rating and a review and to check out my other episodes. 
If you're looking for more Steven Talks Soccer content, you can find me at STS Pod on Instagram, at Steve Talks Footy on Twitter, and at Steven Talks Soccer on TikTok. Become a consistent starter in the STS squad.